How are you? I am good? great. How are you? Ready? I, oh, yeah. No. I'm good. Oh. Are we- <laughs> <laughs> that was so cute. Yeah. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, Imperfect. I'm Kara Barton. And I'm Rebecca Nisco. And we are all smiles here after an amazing conversation. And also... Just really got to interject really quickly. Rebecca and I are in the same country oh, finally. Yes. Not, not in the UK like we planned for a long time. <laughs> we are still, yes. we, are, we are back in Wilton. Same but, time zone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but we had just such a, an incredible conversation with Kira Lynn, who is a dancer and who's studying environmental science as well right now. And we all grew up together in the same town. And it was just so amazing to catch up and have such an open and candid conversation with her it was really eye-opening i think it's incredible that honestly so many artists from or in our town grew up in our town like that's pretty incredible well without further ado he's a really amazing unapologetic incredible conversation with carolyn My name is Kira Lynn and I dance. I danced ballet for the past few years and I'm based in Chicago. I did some training in New York. Then I moved out to Chicago and I'm dancing. I danced with um, Ballet Chicago Studio Company. Currently, I am what you would call freelance, which is just a big word for not quite <laughs> sure what I'm doing right now. But I'm also in college as wow. well. So wow. yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine. Wow. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And yeah, we're just we're just so excited to have you on. Yeah. So we just typically like to start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so first question, how did you get into ballet or dance? You know, when did you start? Uh, what inspired you to start? Well, as Rebecca was mentioning <laughs> before we started recording, we actually started at, I guess, the same dance school. But oh, my God. I, yeah, I started when I was like five. Yeah. I have pictures of it. And my mom, it was my mom. I didn't want to dance. Personally, my mom pushed me <laughs> into it. And she kept <laughs> she kept me in those classes. Because, like, I mean, no one else did ballet. And as, like, a kid, like, you want to do what other kids are doing. Mm-hmm. So I, like, and I just, like, had, like, a lot of energy. I had, like, a lot of interest. I wasn't particularly interested in anything. Um, so I just did what my mom told me to do. And I stuck <laughs> with it until I did love it. <laughs> Amazing. I feel I feel you on that. <laughs> like, when your parents are like, just go do, do. And you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I was told to come here. <laughs> Yeah. But it's blossomed into such a beautiful thing, which is pretty awesome. Like, yeah, it's great. like it's crazy. I'm like, what? It, like, it's like a chicken the egg kind of thing yeah. for me because like I just kept doing it, and then I'm like, did it like? Did I always have this like desire to like express my emotions through motion, or like, <laughs> or was it because I just kept doing it that I yeah. started to love it? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not many people can say that they've been they're doing something that they've been doing since five years old yeah like I feel like that's really cool that you've been at this like your whole life basically I'm impressed by my own ability to stick with this because like I usually pick things up and drop them very quickly so I'm (laughs) like wow (laughs) this must be the real deal then right (laughs) this must be it it's it's such a like time investment a lot of like a lot of investment that Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. like, gotta stick with it honestly like 
like going into like COVID, like if I had like stopped dancing, I didn't know, I wouldn't know what I would be doing. Yeah. Like I would just like be so lost. Like, yeah. and people are like, I can't like believe you stuck with it. Like through that. And I'm like, I would have just been like completely lost if I could, because it's like, it becomes such like a daily part of your life because you do mm -hmm. it every day mm -hmm. <laughs> and like, mm -hmm. like you need it. And then it, yeah, I just like, I structure my day around it. Like it's who I am. It's how my body feels. It's how I express myself, like kind of thing. That's such a great segue into this question that we had, which was how did you adjust with COVID hitting the US and, and, and this point in your, like that point in your life, how did you continue dancing and bring that into your routine and, and stick with it. It was insane. Like <laughs> I bet <laughs> I, I was in Chicago when it hit and like oh, wow, yeah. being in a big city, like when we were first starting to experience COVID was like really, really weird because like, mm -hmm. first of all, it was like all the buying out and stuff. And like yeah. what happened was like, we were coming to the end of the week. It was like a Friday and they all of a sudden like announced, they're like, okay guys, I think we're going to have to take like at least a two week break. And we're like, okay, two weeks, like that's fine. Like it's still a lot as a dancer to be taking two weeks off. That's like yeah. a big chunk of time. Like, cause we do it every day. And like, even like two days off that changes things in your body. So I was over, like, I was kind of freaking out about that because like mm -hmm. at that point in time, that was more time I had ever seen away from the studio. Mm -hmm. Um, except when I broke my foot, that was like six weeks. But um, oh yeah, gosh. I was like freaking out. And then all of the dancers like in this country started adjusting very quickly and mm -hmm. people started like offering classes like through Instagram, like, or YouTube. And like, they're very informal, but like, just like the fact that you knew like other dancers were dealing with it was very like encouraging. Yeah. So I just kept like doing what I could. Like I would just like grab a stool or something and like try to do some ballet in my boyfriend's apartment. <laughs> and the neighbors definitely complained about the noise. So <laughs> that was like, yeah, that was like the first, first beginnings of COVID. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can't imagine it's, I mean, obviously it's, it's so not ideal to be, doing this work in your you know tiny room where you need to be like extending your legs and, and like stretching and the floors obviously aren't great for your feet yeah, your toes with like two roommates and I was like embarrassed I was like I don't want oh you guys gosh. to see me dancing yeah. so I do think he's like bedroom and there's like this much footage and I was like <laughs> kicking yeah I've kicked so many things at this point yeah I picked the cat Oh, <laughs> no. I think I remember seeing that video actually. You posted. I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. a gentle tap, but still. Yeah. Oh my God. Cats are also very dramatic about these things. So yeah. Absolute <laughs> How did you, yeah. what was it then? Like how long before you were able to go back into a studio? What was that like when you finally were integrated back into it? So quite honestly I'm mostly still in my home okay yeah 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 wow. wow like a lot of it is convenience a lot of it is like after COVID I left the studio company I was mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. um it was kind of like a push out yeah. of a bad situation already and like I think that's how a lot of dancers felt meeting that big obstacle it just like pushed people who are out of like bad mental and in, mm -hmm. in bad mental situations or like just not doing well and just like gave us a break and like an opportunity as well just to like start fresh so yeah. I'm still mostly in 
my home. But yeah, one of the first time I've taken like open classes mm-hmm. um, in person and it is definitely like wacky. Like I've, I took one yesterday and I like, I take them very sporadically. So it was again, like a big adjustment and like you ha- like being in a ballet class, you have to be aware of everyone and be respectful of everyone's space. And I just yeah. like felt like I was in everyone's way. I was like, I'm so sorry. I haven't been doing this for a while. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I work, you know, I, I work in the film industry and it's, it's weird. Like you're working from home all the time and where I'm currently working, they're talking about, oh, we're going to have an office. And I'm like, we are? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> I, yeah. I have to go in? <laughs> it's definitely like this weird kind of adjustment. But. So, well, you mentioned you're in college right now. You're a student. So what's it like, you know, balancing dancing and then, you know, college and being a freelance dancer and working professionally and balancing classes like that? When I first moved out to Chicago, I was taking like online classes. Mm-hmm. So I've always been kind of trying to keep up with school. And then mm-hmm. like around 2019, I decided I wanted to put a little more focus on school. Mm-hmm. It was that it was around that time I was starting to get really, really burnt out. Mm-hmm. Um rejection's a bitch <laughs> yeah so then I like applied um to I applied to schools in the air because I still thought I wanted to be dancing at Chicago mm-hmm. and then I got accepted to Northwestern and I had a friend there already and I had a friend at Chicago, and they were both making it work so I was like I can make it work so my first year of college I was commuting from the Evanston Northwestern campus to Chicago wow, every, yeah. pretty much every day trying to just like dance um at that point I was like I'm gonna put performances on hold and then COVID hit so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um but it's a I mean it's like any student athlete probably just trying to like Mm -hmm. work in like classes and like trying to stay like fit like yeah in between all the homework and (laughs) papers yeah 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 Yeah, I can imagine it's like being like a student athlete and you are an athlete like yeah sure (laughs) absolutely I I mean I obviously can never imagine like what goes into doing what you do but like there's so much physical strength and control over your body I imagine and also it's such a a mentally taxing art form if I'm if I'm (laughs) yeah so I mean how can you talk a bit about that I mean what's what's it like balancing that and you know does it affect like other facets of your life well if we want to talk about the mentally taxing aspect, I could definitely talk yeah. to that, um, which was like one of the reasons I decided to put a little more emphasis on my education is like, I like, I mean, everything you read about it, every like big news story about like a dancer coming forward, that's all true. Like that's all, mm-hmm. it's every day. It's every day, man. It's like, wow. like I talked, I've talked to one of my friends who recently got a job in like Kansas City and we're just like dancers are treated like objects like we are dehumanized constantly by staff and administration we put down like specifically in the ballet world which is like part of the reason I'm like I'm like totally jumping all over the place but especially with the pandemic I like decided to just mentally let go of continuing to pursue a job in like a ballet company because Mm -hmm. it's just that that atmosphere is so all like constantly toxic for me I've always been plagued by like body comments so that that (laughs) I'm shaking my head no like that's so disappointing awful yeah no it's pervasive and it's it's yeah it's terrible because it 
definitely detracts from what you're doing because you're no longer Mm -hmm. focusing on the dance and like the technique or the artistry like that goes out the window it becomes about something really really vain and like yeah and it's just awful I mean that's such a like thank you for being so honest too because that's such a it's hard enough as an artist to like be with yourself all the time because you're constantly criticizing your own work, you know, and, and picking apart the things that you think and wish and hope are better. But then to have like these exterior forces that are also trying to put you into some kind of box, like that's terrible. <laughs> that's so, that's really, really awful. And um, I'm sorry that you had to deal with that. Like, thank you for being really candid about that. I don't think enough people are which Mm. is like they're I get I like the dancers will like push back in interviews they'll be like oh you know that stereotype that dancers don't eat we totally eat I'm like that's not true like Mm. I know I've seen like every dancer I've dealt with has their own weird relationship with food and it's Mm -hmm. never good kind of segueing back into like what you're saying about like having the pressure of like someone else's influence on your art, that's also very, very difficult in the ballet world. I feel like a lot of times, and I think they talk about it a lot as well, or not the administration, but a lot of dancers talk about it. It's harder to be an artist as a ballet dancer because you have this oppressive, very controlling administrative side of ballet companies. Mm. And I think that drowns out the artistry aspect of ballet a lot of the time and the expression aspect. And one of the amazing things for me um, during the pandemic was just kind of like rediscovering who I was as a dancer, why I danced, like the fact that I just did it because I love to move. I had completely lost that by like 2019, early 2020. I just think it's a loss for a lot of dancers because it just becomes about like being validated by Mm -hmm. systems and by performances and by casting. And it's, and I think it's probably the same way for like actors and actresses Mm -hmm. as well becomes very difficult mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rebecca knows this about me I hate casting <laughs> everyone that knows me knows this I hate it because it's even if you have the most open casting call that you could ever possibly have you're still looking for someone to fulfill an aesthetic purpose usually at the end of the day which is such a hollow like shallow but then you know then you're like well you're in the visual medium so like get over it and it's like but no, that's not why you know so knowing that you have this love for expressing your emotions through motion which is such a cool way to say it like what is it like having ownership over that again it feels like it feels so much better like it's just I got in a very toxic relationship with like some of the administration at Ballet Chicago Mm. and it just like I felt like I had like anxiety constantly if I had like a bad class or like something went wrong I would just like tear myself so down and I mean I still do that but to much like a much lesser extent for my friend who kind of like just stuck it out and mm-hmm. was still um in different programs and like working with different like teachers still like very much like more so connected with like that side of things she had a lot more difficulty remembering like why she did what she did for mm-hmm. my friends who are still in it I think that gets like super lost because it becomes about being better than the person next to you like it's mm-hmm. it's very much like this toxic comparison all the time mm-hmm. um and that drowns out so much else and like you totally forget like why you started dancing in the first place for me like being on my own terms currently like being able to take clash whenever I want like just in my home I do it when I want to move like I do it 
because I want to do it because it makes me feel good and because like I can express myself that way yeah no I think that's awesome that's amazing yeah do you think you'll still pursue ballet in um your own time or is are you are, are other types of dance calling to you more so now that you would pursue so I do ballet pretty much daily because it's like my home base I guess you call it and a lot of types of dance they you also do like a daily ballet class so that's like maintenance for like Mm -hmm. my body and just like staying in it Mm -hmm. but yeah as for pursuing ballet um I mean I'll I take like any like I'd probably do like a nutcracker or something like where I can I yeah I would really love to dive more into like contemporary and stuff like that yeah yeah, I feel like I don't know this might just be my like preconception but I feel like you have more artists there and you also have a little bit like more mental yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. I mean and like that's like not necessarily true but I also I I feel like dancers are seen more as individuals and Mm -hmm. as people and Mm -hmm. less as objects how how have you found that like the scene was different in say like New York versus Chicago just in general <laughs> I mean a, you know if you know what you know, smile <laughs> uh, well New York is really dominated by um ballet that is mm-hmm. um influenced by George Balanchine George Balanchine is a neoclassical choreographer and he had like a really really impactful influence on ballet in America and there's this kind of cult around him he's he he's founded New York City Ballet as well as School of American Ballet so those two entities really dominate New York City I like going back and taking class in New York I was like oh man everyone's really uptight here (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true of a lot of like institutions that are like true for for New York like that are long-standing institutions there and they just like yeah. kind of, I mean, New York City Ballet is also the one that has been plagued by a lot of like mm-hmm. tell all mm-hmm. tales recently, um, mm-hmm. especially with like sexual harassment in the workplace mm-hmm. and abuse in general, like abusive environment <laughs> mm-hmm. and just not treating their students well. And like, I mean, it's everywhere. It is everywhere. But like, there, there were a lot of like players at that institution that were not great and mm-hmm. still are not great. But I will not, will not talk about that anymore. Yeah. But because in Chicago, there's not really that dominant presence. It's a little different, but at the same time, dancers move around a lot. So the culture um, sure. comes with them. Um, but there's, there's a lot of great dance in Chicago and a lot of like small companies and like different groups of artists who are creating and performing which is so cool and like I mean Mm -hmm. the same is true in New York it's hard in New York everything's so expensive I mean everything's expensive in Chicago too but probably less so so Mm -hmm. talking about like the arts culture in Chicago a little bit like to a broader extent not just necessarily dance but is there art that's happening in Chicago that you find really inspiring yeah I mean yeah I think Chicago has a lot of great things going on. Chicago has Millennium Park and they have an amphitheater Mm -hmm. and they do a lot of public performances out there. That's Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's super cool. I, I, my mind is just going to this one theater that is like, I think Frank Lloyd Wright was like rumored to have like worked as an apprentice to build it. Like there, like there are really cool, just like, um, 
art icons in Chicago mm-hmm. that just yeah. kind of they have this amazing history mm-hmm. without the oppressiveness of what what yeah. I feel like it's New York mm-hmm. and it draws a lot of people there and like I just I think that's really cool as well mm-hmm. so yeah what is your favorite part I guess about being a dancer I mean do you do you love performing or do you love the daily training or I mean what what do you love most about what you do no yeah no that's like a good question because I think it is different for a lot of different people I do love Mm -hmm. daily class I love just going through like the progression of like warming up your body and doing the different exercises Mm -hmm. I love like just nitpick working on things and yeah I love I love to be given something and just like just push myself through it without the pressure of it having to be perfect Mm -hmm. but also performing is like the most incredible feeling like if you have a good performance just insane you like let everything go and like you feel like just this like insane magic Mm -hmm. and yeah I mean I've never used this phrase before but I'm gonna use it it's like lightning in a bottle (laughs) (laughs) oh I love that that. yeah that's so great I can imagine yeah um I am like a firm believer that we are students like for life that we are always trying to grow and perfect our craft. And I know a lot of us think like this. Um, so in what capacity are, are you striving to grow in, in this next phase of your life in this new chapter? I think just like being, I think with like being older as a dancer, you have more perspective on just valuing yourself and your personality. And like, yeah. for me, like definitely getting back in touch with the fact that like I'm a human being, I'm not an object that mm-hmm. gets nitpicked mm-hmm. by other people. Um, so like, just like bringing that more into like my dancing and just like owning like my dancing and my emotion and like what I can offer like through like my own expression, which I don't know if that really made sense but that no absolutely that was beautiful (laughs) owning owning your own expression I love that would you ever consider teaching dance or becoming like doing your own like dance company or anything like that teaching is like a very natural progression from ballet um Mm -hmm. or like from a dance career into like more things in the ballet world I like most of my friends have taught at some point Mm -hmm. um I mean I'd love to teach I don't know if I necessarily have uh what it takes to be a great teacher (laughs) I I know I could and I know I can teach like teens but I I don't know if I have that that thing Mm. that makes really great teachers I mean I would love to but I mean also at the same time I'm getting a degree in environmental science yeah so tell us about that like what was how did you lean into that what 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 is it about environmental science rather is what I mean (laughs) Well, like after high school, you go, you both went to Walton High School. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. Your <laughs> is very straight into college. Yes. So yes. what I was doing felt very, very weird, especially because all of my high school friends like could not relate at all. Mm-hmm. Do you want to elaborate um, on what you did after high school? Yes, I can. Yeah. I will. I, first of all, I thought I was going to go to college. Like that's what everyone was pushing me to do. And then I like, put my foot down I was like I'm at least taking a gap year mm-hmm. and I'm like I trained in New York with Manhattan Youth Ballet mm. which is what I was doing the past few years of my of my high school um and then like gap year started to come to an end and I'm like I'm not ready to let this go 
And so I, I was supposed to go to Notre Dame oh, and wow. I had um, deferred. Yeah. And then yeah. I just didn't go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's awesome. I, I wish more people like, we've talked about it on the show before, but we really are advocates for everyone doing their own path. <laughs> like, yeah. Just doing your own path. Especially, especially coming out of our high school, which online I looked it up is branded as a public college preparatory school. <laughs> and there's so much pressure in the environment that we were taught to, you know, that college was the next the step. And that is you know, that is not what it needs to be for everyone there, you know, and I'm so glad that you listened to yourself and like, we're able to pursue your passion and that you now you're now pursuing environmental science alongside ballet as a trained, you know, professional, like that is, is so yeah. amazing. So you took your year off and you were dancing in that year, correct? Yeah. And then you just kept and dancing. Yeah. My thing was people were like, okay, well, if you don't want like the traditional college experience, you can go to college for dance. And I was like, I'm not going to get a dance degree. That, that wasn't for me because I have, I do, I was really academically motivated. Yeah. 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 And so mm -hmm. I didn't want to waste my undergrad experience doing something that I didn't like when I had these other interests. And like, for me, I've always been like really passionate about the environment. Yeah. So that was like, I knew like when, because when I like was like, okay, I'm not going to college right away. I knew that when I did go to college I wanted to study environmental science and like mm. work there um actually I did an internship this summer for marine bio oh amazing um, oh, that's amazing <laughs> yeah, that's yeah great. So, um but yeah it's crazy because ballet has no funding at all like getting mm. paid for something is just like so when I got paid for an internship I was like what? <laughs> like, you're giving me money? Yeah. Yeah, I think that just opens up a can of worms in general that we don't need to go down. <laughs> it's so screwed up that artists don't get paid, that young artists don't get paid. It's so screwed up on, on every level. <laughs> what it, What was it like for you as someone who was, you know, training and you were in the ballet world and you were like, okay, no one gets paid here, especially as a young artist. And then you, you know, walk into like your internship and um, you see all this funding. Like, what was that like for you? Was it like, such like mean, a brain clash? <laughs> it was like an incredible experience because mm -hmm. the director of that program also actually danced ballet professionally before oh, wow. doing college. Oh, amazing. Before. So that was like, she's like one in a million. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, but it mm -hmm. happens. Like dancers just are like, okay, I'm done with ballet and I'm like, I'm getting out into a different career. And yeah, I mean, it was crazy. I talked with her and I was like, I don't know how to make a real resume. I like, I've made a ballet resume with my head, my headshot, like an arabesque photo, like my weight, my height, my eye color yeah. and all of the performances I've done, but I've never written a real resume. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. yeah. It, it's so cool you got to connect with her over that and and yeah no it was such an incredible like validation of like what I was doing yeah is marine biology like the specification in environmental science or what are you leaning towards I think so because mm -hmm. I'm like always I mean I've like that was like pipe dream as a child like mm -hmm. being a marine mm -hmm. biologist and like I just had a lot of exposure to like the ocean growing up and mm -hmm. I like really care about all the, the crap going down there. Yeah, it's really, yeah. 
And the more positive note, I think it's wonderful that you mentioned the ocean because dancing is so, you know, I feel like there's a comparison there. There is definitely some kind of metaphor there between the water and dance. That's really, it's quite beautiful, actually. <laughs> so, I love that because yeah. I think what drew me into it is it's a poetic love. It's not, it's not just all up here. Like mm-hmm. for me, as like a person, like I'm just emotive and like, it like excites like the same thing in me as like yeah, ballet yeah. does. Like, oh, that's awesome. because it's, it's beautiful and it's just like so full of life. And like, yeah. I mean, this is not how scientists usually talk, but. <laughs> no, I'm here no, for No, but we, it. we should, every, scientists should talk like that. Like, you know, yeah. that's great. You know, not everything has to be like all the academic jargon that I don't understand I just want to point out that it's amazing to have an artist and a scientist in one you know that is incredible like it doesn't have to be this like black and white issue of artists versus the scientists like no can't we all just fight big business like (laughs) you know what I mean and how and how lucky are you to have two passions in your life and and two things that you love and we were talking about this I believe it was with um on episode 13 of our podcast with Stephanie Zang, who oh, is yeah. a makeup artist and we were talking about the overlap between art and science and how they're taking down that boundary and, and really you know trying to see if you know where they can overlap so, I mean yeah cool. I think you can find passion in anything and find beauty and love in it all and yeah I don't know I mean yeah I just I love expressing myself and like I I not only like love ballet but I I like I paint like I do I write like creatively like all those things (laughs) so do you find that you're inspired by other art forms and like does that feed into your into your own into your own art yeah definitely and I definitely love that other art forms aren't necessarily as vain as ballet like (laughs) if I didn't go into ballet like not that I did any instruments and has any talent with them but like I absolutely adore musicians like I just like like I love like it's beautiful because like when you see someone like a soloist like playing when they really get into it they're they are dancing along with their music and like like for me that's like one of the biggest things is it's the music like and that's what mm-hmm. makes me want to move and it's like I would like if I ever get the time I want to learn the piano so badly because I like it's <laughs> I love the piano because it's like it's so it's so commanding yet like it's so intimate at the same time yeah yeah well I offer lessons if you are interested I mean <laughs> I'm now back in Wilson at least one take at least one <laughs> at least one I'll get you playing I'll get you playing like hot cross buns in the first <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no but um I love that you said that and music is obviously so integral to dance (laughs) um you can't you know have like one without the other so do you feel like you listen to music differently as someone who is a dancer and trained to move to to all the intricacies in the music as well yeah most of the time when I'm listening to music if I can't dance because I'm in public I'm imagining dance to it for me like and I think this is like goes back to when I was younger as well. Um, and I guess it was a, an innate love of music because I would hear something and I would just like see myself dancing or I feel like I feel this thing in like my chest and like it still happens. And I mean, like I was like a little kid dancing around my kitchen and like it's the music <laughs> man. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. great. <laughs> I would just like to point out that I do dance in public. Um, <laughs> <I know. laughs> I can I can confirm. <laughs> 
I don't dance to the extent that I would if I could. So you're definitely more talented. Starts pirouetting in the produce aisle. I know people who do that, but that's not me. I'll I'll just like. A little grooving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's amazing. Oh, that's so-, so you also write and you and you paint. That's so cool. When did you incorporate that into your like when did you start doing those artistic things? Always I like used to paint. Like I'm not very good, but like and then I got to re-pick it up because of like COVID. So mm-hmm. like that's been like a really nice outlet as well. Writing is very therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. like just to like get a lot of trauma out on paper and just like just be able to like share with people like yeah very specific moments I was in this writing or this French class that was like creative writing and um I don't even remember what the prompt was but I ended up writing about I was just being like Asian American Mm -hmm. and like we got to read that in front of class and I was like like that felt like amazing wow that's awesome I you should okay plugging Dante right now my friend Dante Gary is a poet in Chicago and they often host like open classes where you, you're not supposed to come in with a poem like you just go and you show up and it's a group of people and you just like sit together and you brainstorm and stuff but I'll, I'll send you um their Instagram or whatever poet parties. people in Chicago yeah I, I feel like you and Dante there would be like some kind of synergy like I feel like you would get yeah. along <laughs> Dante yeah, is, no, is so fantastic. It. Yeah, 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 they're amazing. Uh, Do it! Oh my gosh, a little imperfect like a moment. Yes, <laughs> moment. <laughs> Making connections, building a community. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, you're so right. I think that like, I I totally resonate with you when you say that you picked up painting again and writing in during the pandemic because when I went to film school, I was so focused and narrow-minded about like oh no I have to be a filmmaker that is my art now but clearly as you can see behind me like my whole life I've been painting and I gesture to some paintings for people at home um I've been painting and drawing and doing that like visual stuff my whole life and it was really freeing to just like not have there was nothing I could do so I was gonna draw and yeah I think that that's really beautiful to to also recognize that like there's other outlets and you you have this creative artistic side to you and and, like honoring that in that way and it doesn't have to be just like this one path yeah no I think that's a big problem for a lot of dancers it's like ballet or die Mm -hmm. I like talk to people who are like if I didn't have ballet in my life I wouldn't do anything and I'm like what like it's like we just I like I just love the feeling of like creating something and like having that like and Mm -hmm. I just can't like and I think it is the environment of ballet training it's not about nurturing art it's about forming technical dancers because as all like sports and stuff have evolved like ballet has also become more and more technical and more and more physically demanding so the emphasis has really gotten put on that and just it's just this toxic training environment it's just not a way to form artists which is why I think a lot of other dance forms have more of that kind of like artistic sense like mm-hmm. a lot of ba- ballet dancers they're not like super artsy but like mm-hmm. other dancers like very much so why do you think ballet specifically has this sort of stigma around it that I mean is it because it's such a, a tradition it's, 
tradition yes thank you that was the word I was going for is that why I mean when you're in your opinion what do you think it is I don't know it's because I think there's I mean it is it's so aesthetic and it's all about having these lines and Mm -hmm. like for that you need like the body type and all that like stuff and yeah I mean it is such a it's one of the oldest like like codified dance forms like not not taught like to forget about all like the folk dance and like traditional mm-hmm. dance and like mm-hmm. modern dance like that like it refers to the modern artistic movement which is so like I think that's so cool that there's a connection between like modernism and like painting and like yeah. all that mm-hmm. stuff it was also a dance movement mm-hmm. and modern dance refers to those like those artists that founded it like there's like Martha Graham there's yeah. um well was Alvin Ailey part of that movement? yes Alvin Ailey yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no no I mean uh, I think about Alvin Ailey dances and I'm just like I'm gonna cry now thank you and then I leave like you know it's like it's so then incredible. I evaporate into thin air yep yeah. <laughs> a lot of it does stem from ballet but like mm. yeah it's there's modern and then contemporary is literally anything that's being created now there and then there's well neoclassical was very very valid like that's not that's not its own thing at all (laughs) but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so I think you're correct it is because it has like this tradition and it's been very rigid for a long time and it's not just the U.S. I mean like Mm. Russia it's absolutely freaking insane I mean as with everything else that they do it's insane (laughs) (laughs) yeah do you um with COVID and everything and everyone being able to take a step back do you feel like the future of ballet is shifting? Do you feel like there is a shift in the culture or is it still kind of stuck a little bit? The thing is, I think a lot of dancers just left ballet during COVID mm. because it was they realized they valued their mental health more than what was happening. Mm-hmm. I think there are more dancers speaking out about abuse and just like mental health. I mean, because we've also like, a lot of dancers have passed recently due to suicide. Like that's a very big part of our reality. And female dancers do get the brunt of the body stuff, but a lot of male dancers are like, they struggle so much as well. And it's just, it's so, there's a lot of negativity in this creative process and it, it drowns people. I mean, it is promising that people are speaking out. It's hard because when you advocate for yourself, both chances are you're going to be fired. Mm -hmm. and it's so hard to get a job it's so hard to get paid like people don't want to do that but I mean there's also big issues with racism in the ballet world like Mm -hmm. forgot to mention that but that is a massive issue (laughs) yeah I mean for sure I mean you literally look it up and that's like petite white women everywhere right like literally Mm -hmm. and then like Missy Copeland like amazing yeah like and she had her whole story but like it didn't change anything like right, I mean right. I could be like super negative but like yeah. she was like an icon in and of herself and like yeah. a, like amazing that she got projected forward but that didn't change it didn't change a lot of things um yeah. and just recently like I think a few months ago there's an African-American dancer uh dancing in Germany I think mm-hmm. and she like spoke out like she's like I've been treated like terribly um mm-hmm. by staff I think they I think they did let her go but then they rehired her or something like that I don't know it's just it's it's awful yeah (laughs) and it's just because it's like you get those big people but like that doesn't trickle down to everyone yes Mm. it you know it's horrible that people have the courage with being so open and vulnerable about their experience and the repercussions fall on 
them, not on the people in power who did those horrible things. And it's horrible that it's still so prevalent today. It's just horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm afraid that Sally is very slow moving, like in terms of advocation. I don't know if you guys heard of Peter Martins at New York City Ballet. He was like the artistic director, which is Mm -hmm. like, he's like top everything. And like abuse allegations came out about him and it took a lot to like get him out of that system and he still like has some influence and it's just like and people still defend him too and then there was another incident with the dancers at New York City Ballet and revenge porn and people still defend those dancers too and they one of them was hired back and he has a long string of complaints against him like it's just insane Mm -hmm. how much people will defend um abusers and well it's the same in film yeah and i'm not gonna mention like you i'm not gonna mention them but there's people who are you know running the show now and they're all terrible and and everyone knows that they're terrible but people still go and work for them you know and it's like you know everything there is to know about this person and still you know all the publications write about the successful movies that they've produced and been a part of it i think it's like also a problem like the culture with critics like art yeah like they mean they have so much influence that like if they they're like oh no that person's totally fine I'm gonna write a positive review review for their work like that's just gonna continue their career like Mm -hmm. yeah I think for like the ballot world especially like you can talk about separating the art from the artist in terms of like the audience but like for the people who are who have to work with those other those individuals like it's a risk and you are putting them at risk for this other person and that's just not just it's not a good mm-hmm. not just as a working environment it's just it's an awful yeah. thing to do well I'm glad you're taking I'm glad you're taking like the initiative for yourself and 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 doing what is best for you and and pursuing this other you know career-wise pursuing this other passion and that's not meaning that you're putting ballet on the back burner at all but you're like doing this other thing that gives you just as much joy and it is better for your mental health and your well-being and I'm so I, happy yeah what a great here, balance I to have <laughs> I feel so humbled that you're telling us this like I, I just feel very grateful and 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 please recognize that I like I have a lot of sympathy and empathy for you and 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 that I absolutely thank you for being so candid like I know it's not easy to just like talk about this stuff you know in an absolutely. honest way I want to talk about it because you see all this crap happening and you, you hear the loudest voices that yeah. are drowning everything out. And then you just, you see it literally everywhere at the local dance studio, like everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's just like these things that just shouldn't be happening. And like yeah. dance needs to move forward. Like it's high time. Like mm. all, all the arts Absolutely. need to get there. Yes. <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely it's it's about time yeah about damn time yeah um yeah thank you so much for being so so open and candid about this I think this is um it's like really eye-opening and yeah it's really what I for a lot of people listening um and definitely definitely these words need to be spoken so thank you so much (laughs) means a lot to us that you came on yeah I can't talk about dance without talking about the abuse. And we don't want to have a like sugar-coated episode on this show. No way. No, we <laughs> don't sugarcoat. <laughs> we may we may have some sugary stickers coming soon. <laughs> but we don't. 
She's not kidding. Oh my God, Rebecca, that was kidding. a great little like. Wasn't that? that was good. I'm like, <laughs> Thank you so, so much for coming on. Um, if you wouldn't mind just signing off and saying your name and where we can find you on social media, um, that would be fantastic. I'm Carolyn. This has been a pleasure. Um, my Instagram is Kaylin2215. Um, I'm private, but I might change that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I said this before, but my jaw is like hitting the floor. Like, oh my God, that was amazing. As soon as Kira left the call, both of our mouths just dropped open because we were so like in awe of that conversation, I think. And yeah, and it wasn't what we had prepared for. Like we were expecting a totally different kind of conversation. Yeah. Um, but I love this so much. And it was I think so much better so than what we prepared. Incredible. Yeah. It's what I love about the show. And, and it it was truly like I said on the show a bunch, but Kira, really, I, I can't thank you enough. Mm-hmm. Like it was it's awesome to be met with such honesty. Yep. You know, and and humbling and the the bravery, to be honest, and um, having yeah. the confidence, to be honest. Um, and I, it's really it's really special. And I think to our listeners, if you were like touched by this conversation, if you can relate to this conversation, if you want to talk more about what we talked about in this conversation, um definitely feel free to reach out and you know we'd love to hold space for more of these conversations um yeah if you're interested in learning more about kira and following and seeing her work you can go give her a follow on instagram at kaylin2215 and if you want more on this podcast and you haven't gotten enough of us already you can follow us on instagram as well at the podcast imperfect you can also send us an email at thepodcastimperfect at gmail.com and finally you can follow your lovely co-hosts you can follow me also on instagram at quiet open space all one word and you can follow me at rebecca nisco music and be on the lookout for some really cool snazzy business cards and they look incredible um they are so i mean we didn't get to talk about this with Kira. I, I wish I had asked her, but you know, it, it's kind of amazing when you, your whole life, you, the work that you do is not like a physical thing. Like you do something like film, like sure you have mm-hmm. a hard drive, but it's not like a thing you can touch and just like have this design that Rebecca and I worked on together and to like actually hold it in our hands. It, it's so special and awesome. So I yeah. can't wait to show it to everybody. Yeah. I, yeah. And, um, Ugh, I don't know. I just have such, I'm so excited for the future. And yeah. we were saying this before, <laughs> but we have, I was saying this to Kara, it's like the podcast is really such a, only a portion of what we have planned and yeah, I can't wait to share that with you all. And, and, oh, you, and thank you so, so much. <laughs> yeah. But you know, and to everyone who's here now and to everyone who will listen to this episode in the future and just thank you so much for joining us today on our conversation thank you so much for being here Mm -hmm. we're Um, truly humbled and and grateful yeah and and we hope that uh, we hope that you have a great rest of your day Mm -hmm.